Welcome to the Rock of Ages Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Israel Soto. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit rockofagesaog.org. We've been speaking about, for the past few weeks now, on the subject of the essentials of revival. Those of you who have been coming to church uh, regularly and have not missed a Sunday, you'll understand and know exactly what I'm talking about concerning the subject of our conversations from this pulpit. But we've been speaking on the essentials of revival, understanding that the definition of essential is an absolute need, an absolute truth, that there are no excuses to be accepted otherwise than that which is essential. It's necessary to have particular things in order for things to happen, things that are essential. And we've been using that word as a platform, if you will, to try to bring something essential into our hearts, something that will help us understand the necessities that we need to embrace, the things that we need to emulate if we indeed desire to experience revival, to experience the joy of the Lord, to really get to a place where we could come to a service such as this and, and no disrespect to our worship team, we love our worship team, but if we didn't have a worship team, we would not need a worship team. But that we would come into this house with hearts rendered unto God Ready to worship him in spite of. Amen? In spite of. See, there are people around the world in some places where Bibles aren't allowed. And services like these, privileges like the ones we have here in our beautiful country. Where we're able to come together with people of like faith and raise our hands freely without anybody putting us in prison or coming to threaten us. At least we're not there yet. We need to pray. But there are people around the world today who do not have that privilege. And their lives are threatened if indeed they mention the name of Jesus. If they find out that your allegiance is to the Lord and it's not to one of their gods of that particular region, you might even face death. And so since services are not allowed, people are, are forced to find hideaways and places underground, far away, distant uh, where the city is, is, is far and they won't see them or, or somehow they're passing information about the Lord, giving themselves small little pages of a single verse that may not make any sense to them, but they know it's the page of the living word of God. And they'll take that and they'll recite that because that's the only thing they know. All they know is that those words are life. And they congregate together in whatever little place, not making any noise. Even their worships are muffled by their hands because let somebody pass by. Even a neighbor might say there's something religious going on in that house. But yet their worship is genuine. 
The tears that flow from their face are genuine. Their hearts are swollen with God. And in their muffled cries inside, they, they worship the living God that they, they know of. And there's not a single guitar playing. There's not a single Christian radio playing. There's not a video going on on YouTube. There's no Christian concert coming to town to excite anybody. The only thing they have is God. God to them in order to be able to have that service where two or three or five for the sake of not causing a big uh, uh, commotion and showing a gathering uh, in that small group, God is essential. Otherwise, it's meaningless for them to come together. But God is essential in there. If we're going to bow our knee, we need God to worship. We think now when we go and we travel to the west from these certain places and we see the church today. And I don't think I'm going off the ledge by saying that unless the music's good, nobody can worship. Unless the pastor is giving them comedy and speaking nice words, there is no lifting up of hands or smiling up to heaven. Unless there's true motivation and inspiration concerning of how blessed you will be if you'll just do something for God. There is no giving. There is no tithing. There is no serving in the house of God. It's because they've missed the essentials. A revival like that and a church like that will only last the 45 minutes of service because once that the song is done, so is the revival. The revival goes on while the band is thumping and yeah, yeah, yeah. But once the PA system is turned off, revival is gone. I think we'll start every service like this. Let's take a vote. We've taken from the book of Nehemiah and we've spoken of a people who were held captive for so long and they were forced to stay away from the beauty and the relationship of their worship unto God for a long time that they were starving deep within. And you'll read about their whole journey, if you will, if you'll just take time to read your Bible. But we have them and we catch up to them when they get to the city and we find that Nehemiah asked for permission to go and rebuild once again, edify once again that which they knew that was giving them life on a daily basis, that genuine relationship with a God that they knew they they cried out to build the church again and establish that place of worship where they could bend their knee and be satisfied in spirit, heart, and soul. 
And so we, we see all these people come in and begin to work. Again, without going into all the surrounding events that happen, we find what is essential when it comes to their being revived once again. We've established in the past couple of weeks that the first thing we find as an absolute necessity in the house of God, if we're going to experience renewing, reviving, refreshing revival, is passion for God's word. To become hungry for the word of God again. I dare ask this morning, since we've talked about this, have you read your Bible more now? Or that moment of revival when I told you that that was essential, that's all the revival you got. Because once you walked out, out of sight, out of mind. You'll never experience revival, nothing lasting from God, until you learn to keep what you hear Store it and lock it up in your heart and begin to practice it. Remember what James said. The Lord himself said, blessed are those who hear and do. You cannot just simply hear and do. We were told because we become fools. And I wonder how filled the churches across the land are today of people of that position. I didn't call you a fool. But you're simply a hearer, not a doer. You've trained your ear to hear the yellings of an old man on a pulpit. And then you say, wow, that was good. Anyway. But I'm talking about a true passion for God's word. are words of life it's the manna from heaven that keeps you going after I'm done in the next 30 minutes oh man I'm dying call pastor to give me something on the phone no I, I don't have time for you you know this is my chance to speak into your heart the rest is up to you But we learn that these people, the first thing they cry out, they say, listen, we're here. We have a lot of rubble. The first thing we have to find before we lay the first brick is we need to begin to excavate and find the scrolls. We need to find the word of God. Because from there is the foundation on which we are going to build this true house of revival once again. The church is going to be established, ladies and gentlemen, when the church begins to love God's word. This church will always be on sinking sand until it learns to walk upon the word of God. Hallelujah. You're going to be walking flimsy at the knees for the rest of your life. You'll always be a half-baked Christian because you'll never get a grip of God's word. You'll be a hearsay individual. I heard somebody say, well, I heard pastor one day say, oh, I heard it in the radio. I don't know who it was or where it is in the Bible, but I heard that uh, it says uh, God helps those that help themselves. You know, it was one of the biggest arguments I ever had with people. No, yo sé, la palabra dice, ayúdate que te ayudaré. 
That's, that's Christianity for the world. They don't know God's word. And let this be a fair warning to you. The devil does know God's word. Let it be a warning to you. The devil knows God's word excellently. Better than any scholar here upon the face of this earth. He knows it well and he knows how to pervert it. It was through the mouth of the prophet Hosea that he said, my people perish for their lack of what? Of what? Dum-dums. The devil likes dum-dums. You know that when Jesus was taken up to the hill of temptation, the sword he used to defend himself, not the simple fact that he was the son of God. That's not what he put up first. He could have said, hey, hold on a second. I'm Jesus. Do you know who I am? I'm Jesus. Devil doesn't care who you are. The first thing he said is that it is written. It is written because heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away. That's on what we build our lives on. That is what revival is built on. Secondly, there has to be a heart of true repentance, not simple I'm sorry's. A heart of true repentance, not simple I'm sorry's. Oh, I got caught. Sorry. Mm -mm. Repentance is the complete turning around. And heading the other way. It's more than an apology. These people did not simply apologize to God and say, oh, Lord, gosh, man, we're so sorry. No, no, no. The Bible says that they bowed their faces to the ground and they wept. Because they heard the truth once again. Maybe they were longing for God's word and they thought they were doing okay. Just like that young, wealthy young man that walked alongside Jesus and said, Lord, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? He was walking with Jesus with pomp and circumstance. But then he heard the voice of Jesus. And he understood the true word of God. And the Bible says he walked away bitterly. You see, God's word will always, I told you, uncover the truth. There are no righteous before the Lord who can open their chest and say, feel free to examine. Are you sure you want me to do that? Because when he brings his righteous light into the darkened chambers of your heart, he'll find every roach and every bug inside of you. That's why people don't desire God's word. But these people, in spite of what it did in their hearts, they loved God's word and they let it do its work. We need to learn how to let God's word do its work. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ... Does that mean anything to us anymore? Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old is swept out and thrown in the trash. And all things are made new. 
but you need to let God sweep it out. But not that God. I really like that artifact inside my heart. And the Lord looked at it and said, you know what? It doesn't go with the rest of the furniture. Burn it. Oh, you don't know how much I paid for that. You don't know how long it took me to master that particular philosophy or opinion. You don't know how long it took me to, for me to tailor myself this way and become who I am. You cannot change me just like that. It cost me too much. I went to school to learn these things. That you're going to throw that out? Yep. Yep. That's what it is. We need to learn to let God's word do its work. Tell your neighbor, let him work. Now tell him like you mean it. Don't, don't, don't be apologizing like, well, can, if you want to let him. No, no, no. Tell him. Let him work. Let him work. Let him make things new in your life. Thirdly this morning, I'm going to try to be short with this. Too late, right? Let me read just a, a series of verses to you without even looking for them or whatever. If you, the guys want to put them up there, I didn't give them these verses. But I just want to kind of set a little platform for just my last five, ten minutes with you. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15 reads, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Jeremiah 9 and 23, this is what the Lord says, Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast in their strength or the rich boast in their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have understanding to know me. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Colossians 3 and 15, let the peace of Christ rule. Everybody say rule. In your hearts and as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Let the message of God, of Christ, dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. This is why I told you, let them work. Admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Somebody say amen. This is the word of the Lord. One last couple of verses. I take you to a scene out of the second book of Samuel, when David recovered the Ark of the Covenant. Verse 16, 2 Samuel chapter 6. As the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David. It is it Michael? Mishael? Daughter of Saul watched from the window. And when he saw the king leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him. 
in her heart. You go down to verse 21. After all of it was over, David said to this woman, it was before the Lord. You see, she rebuked him and said, how is it that you, O king, would embarrass yourself? He tore his robes and was dancing around unclothed in front of the people, jumping and praising the Lord because behind him was the Ark of the Covenant. That is the presence of the Lord coming into the city again. He tore himself up, tore his crown off. Everything, nothing meant anything to him. And those who were used to the royalty of it all were watching him from the balcony. He said, oh, look at the king. What an embarrassment in front of the people. See, sometimes people will look at you when you're worshiping with everything that you are and say, God, no te aguitas. No te aguitas. God, cannot, you're not me, man. And you're over here. And he was an embarrassment to them. After all that was over, David said to this woman, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father. <laughs> Is that telling somebody off? It was the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from this house. When he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, I will celebrate before the Lord. What is my point in all of these verses? Is that everything you do, everything you do, the Bible says whether in word or deed, you do it as unto the Lord. You do it knowledgeable of who He is. You do it knowledgeable and knowing conscience of what He has done for you. This is why we're going to Get into worship in just a little bit. I told you it's going to change your life. Because you're going to understand today that we're not impressed by your singing. And DJ, you don't impress me with your singing. Pastor, you don't impress me with your guitar playing. None of you impress me with your musical abilities. We're not that good to celebrate on that alone. We're thankful that this boy can sing. Boy, am I thankful. We're thankful that all these ministers can play giftedly. We're thankful that when we stop and bring the music down, we hear the people and you sound angelic when you sing. It's beautiful. We love it. I've been a musician for close to 50 years. I know music. I love music. It's enjoyable to me. Have you not seen my room? I have no walls. Every week I try to convince my wife why I need to buy another guitar. Kids don't have anything to eat, but I got a new guitar. Losing our house and car, but man, I'm working on getting a new guitar. See, all of that's beautiful. You sound beautiful when you sing. These guys are phenomenal, man. I'm privileged and honored to play with them. They allow this guy to play with them. But do we know why we do what we do? Do you know why you sing? When you're told that everybody raise your voice and sing, do you know 
Why are you singing? Does it mean anything to you? When you play your guitar, when you play your piano, when you sing and lead worship, do you really know what you're doing and why you're doing it? The Bible says that everything you do, whether in word or do, deed, do it as unto the Lord. You see, David went out there and embarrassed himself in the presence of royalty and everyone who looked at him with prestige and say, oh, don't touch the pastor. Don't touch the king. And David at that moment said, I don't care who I am. I care who he is. I'm worshiping because of who he is. When you sing this morning... If you want worship to mean anything, then you think about what he's done for you. Every word that we sing, and we're careful to always coach these young people to keep the songs that minister. When you sing, he who is seated on the throne, it's our spirit that sings out because we know that the king of glory who loves us is sitting on the throne. Oh, not because that's a great song. It's number one in the Christian charts right now. Or because Hillsong or Elevation or, or any one of those people are singing those songs. They're not that good either. I'm not easily dazzled by the sparkle of great concerts. But yet you'll see by the thousands of young people and adults jumping up and down at the altar. At the altar. Because Elevation is playing. Because Hillsong is playing. Because this favorite artist is playing. And when it's over, all you have is a whole bunch of exhausted kids. Who can say nothing except that the light show was awesome. We need to be careful we're not entertained by the song of idolatry. You remember the story, maybe you've read it or not, where you've seen the movie. When Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to get unto himself and receive from the Lord the Ten Commandments. You remember, you've seen Charlton Heston. For those that don't read the Bible. You remember he was up there and, and he heard something at the foot of the mountain. He said, uh, what is that? Because he could hear drums and guitar. And he heard the thumping of people. Like a mosh pit. What's going on? time he had met up with Aaron he said what's going on he said oh they're celebrating he said no 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 I can hear a whole bunch of music I, I, I can hear a lot of stuff but it's not it's not celebration the way what you call celebration they're not this is not a, a good thing that's going on this is not a good thing that we're listening to here Aaron Moses knew that these people were carnal. That's when Aaron began to make excuses. Well, you see what happened is that uh, they all threw this gold at me. And all of a sudden, poof, out of the air came this golden calf. And now 
And Moses knew that they were singing and worshiping around a foreign God. You see, the devil can get into your worship. He can get into all the stuff that's going on, everything that dazzles you to entertain you only to find out that after you're done listening to an hour and a half concert, young people, after you've heard 30, 40 minutes of Rock of Ages worship team, all you've done is be entertained by idol worship. You can sing the song because you sing well and you know the words, but all it is is idol singing. Because worship comes from understanding. The Bible says of these people that they bowed their heads down to worship. Let's find that passage really quick before I close. Nehemiah 8.10. Put it out there, guys. I want everybody to read this. Then he said to them, go and eat. Of the fat. Drink of the sweet and send portions to him who has nothing prepared. This is after they have repented. After they had embraced God's word. They were on their knees. That the pastor had to tell him. He said, hey, hold on a second. This is not the full gospel yet. You see, there's joy in the gospel. I, 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 I love the fact that we're Bible readers and now we love God's word and that's beautiful and you're allowing God's word to do its work. But hold on a second. This is not it. We're not going to keep you face down. There's great celebration when it comes to the word of God. And so he says to them, so get up. Go get yourself some good food. And if there's anybody hungry around you, feed them as well. He said, those who have nothing prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved. In other words, that's okay. There's a time where we can stop mourning. This is why it's important to have worship here at the house of God. This is not all just repentance and on your face and do nothing and, and just, uh, you better not smile. No, there's great rejoicing. If anyone has a reason to rejoice, we have a reason to rejoice. We have the source of true joy. But this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people. <laughs> okay, relax, guys. Do not be grieved. And all the people went away to eat and to drink. And to send portions and to celebrate a great festival. But here comes the key that you ca it cannot escape us. Is it up there? Next verse, guys. Help me now. Next verse, guys. Next verse. <laughs> then all the people went away to eat and to drink and to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because I like this now they understood 
So why were they supposed to celebrate? Because the band was awesome. Because that's my favorite song. Oh, because there's a new gig coming into town. No, 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 no. It's because they understood God's word. There is no true celebration unless you understand God's word. Unless you know what he says about you. Unless you know what he says about us. Unless you know what he's promised for you. Unless you know that he's coming soon. Unless you know that he is the joy of you every morning. He, unless you know he's the God that heals thee. Unless you know he's the protector of those who love him. He will show you eternal life. Unless you know and understand. Everything we do in this church means nothing. Some pastors may disagree with me. That's okay. I had an argument one day with one individual who said, listen, I've got some things to talk to you about. I said, okay, but don't bring the Bible out because you always bring the Bible out. I said, you're wasting my time. Get out of my office. It's the word of God on which I stand. If it's not in the word, shut up. Some of you don't like me because I'm pretty straight up. But you have to be. You see, I think it was Chuck Carlson who said, he said, in order for us to save this really, really, really... Uh, uh, what's the word he used? Uh, 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 extreme world that we live in. He said we need to do extreme things. They need to understand that we're an extremely God-loving church. Because unless, they'll never believe you. These people stood on the foundation of their knowledge of God's word. When they were commanded to lift their hands and worship not because the song was good, not because they knew it, not because the rhythm was nice, not because the lights were shining good, not because it was a perfect sound. The mixing guy did a wonderful job. No, no, no. It's because I know God's word. And I know what he says about me. I know what he says about us. Ladies and gentlemen, when you know God's word, then you can truly sing. You remember that song, this joy that I have inside? The world didn't give it to me. And since the world didn't give it to me. You don't know that song? What does it say? The world can't take it away. The world can't take it away. Worship team, come. Worship. What will your worship for the next 30 minutes, however long this session will take? What is your worship going to be motivated by? I want you to think about that. Is that okay? I want you to stand up as we receive our worship team. What will 
you base your worship on this morning. We're going to sing about joy. And it's a happy song that we sing. But why and what is the basis of your joy? We're going to sing about, Lord, what moves you. Is it because you really want to know? Because he'll tell you what moves him. Are you ready to pay that price? Are you ready to give him what moves him? I want you to think about those things when these young people lead you into worship. For the next few minutes, we're going to worship him because we understand. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Join us next time for another uplifting message. If you'd like to support this ministry and the reaching out of others, you have the opportunity to give at rockofagesaog.org give.